in the 80s, you have to have a man waiting outside for you next to a Porsche or your life isn't perfect. Hi, welcome to Cover Your Eyes. You want to talk about Flashdance from 1983? Why, I certainly do, Sarah. Yay. <laughs> it actually was released on April 15th, 1983. And I just looked it up because I was curious as to how it related to Footloose. So I felt like there were a lot of similarities. And I was right. like, which one was first? And this one was first. I love this movie. Like, obviously, as a child of the 80s, I think you had to love this movie, especially as a little girl. I mean, I feel like I remember always loving it, but I always had like a dark feeling about it, though, too. Mm -hmm. And then watching it again, like now I see why (laughs) there are like bright moments, but a lot of it's just kind of dark and like heavy for a five year old. Um, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, so you saw this movie when you were five. I mean, it came out in April of 83, and so I probably saw it within, like, a year from then. I may have seen it in the theater, based on, like, my parents' track record of taking me to the theater for movies. (laughs) (laughs) And otherwise, I mean, I'm sure we saw it on, like, VHS or whatever as soon as it was available. Like, I know I saw it when I was very little, because I remember doing all the dances and loving all the songs and all of that. Were you a maniac? Um, I was a total maniac on the kitchen floor. Were you dancing like you've never danced before? I was. I was like, mom, get me leg warmers, dad. (laughs) (laughs) I need to dance my ass off. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, definitely. But do you feel like one of the main things you got out of it was just like the awesome dancing? I think that's the main thing that I like really took away from it as a child because well that's what I would gravitate to obviously because Mm -hmm. I loved the music and I always loved dancing and so that's what would have drawn me to it and then I just remember it's like dancing but then also like a seedy element and just like I said kind of like a gross feeling throughout and that's what I really felt like I just get like a feeling in my gut about it like thinking about it as a kid Mm -hmm. the scene that like always bothered me the most I guess we're just going to talk about it and just, like, jump right into it. That's what we usually do, right? Yeah, let's do it. (laughs) It's a new thing every time. I know. I I feel like the way that we talk about stuff is really just, like, dependent on the movie somehow. Yeah. It seems like things get, sometimes it's organized and then, like, or, you know, like, we go more in in an order and sometimes we don't. So, Mm -hmm. I don't I think it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. We don't have, like, a set format. Mm -mm. It's... It flows. It's a conversation. Yeah. So the part that like I remember most feeling gross about as a child was when her friend. Yeah. Yeah. So Alex is the main character. She's the steel town girl on a Saturday night who also works in a steel mill or at a construction site as a welder. And then by night, she's a dancer, but not a stripper, not an exotic dancer, really. Just a dancer in teddies, like 80s teddies. Mm-hmm. and high heels it's like an art house strip bar it is it's like owned by this grizzly old uh or pittsburgh dude and it seems like a seedy bar but then they have these yeah like art house type 
yeah, interpretive like, dances. All of the women that are dancing there are doing like these very creative modern dance stage shows, basically. And yeah, yeah. they get down to a teddy, but a lot of it did not feel that sexual to me. At I know. All. I wrote so, that down. I agree. It was just like, so I really don't even know if you could call it a strip bar. It was no. really just like, I don't know how to describe it. but I don't really either because I was thinking like, where would this exist in real life? Was there something like this? It's basically just like all these Pittsburgh dudes coming to like a seedy looking bar to eat burgers and drink beer. And in the meantime, on the main stage, there are these mm-hmm. women like in elaborate costumes doing artistic type dance. I'm like, what? Yeah. I love this place. I would totally uh, go there, but is there anything like it in real life? Well, and then like the owner is really nice. He's like yeah. this really sweet guy. And mm-hmm. then the um Richie, the cook, is like a really cheesy comedian. Oh yeah. Uh, but he's really sweet. Mm-hmm. And it's like generally the people there are very, very nice and it has like this weird family feel. It does. To it that yeah. is one of the things about the movie that's very sweet. It's um, like a cast of about what five women who are all dancers and they get ready together and from the backstage it looks like it would be like a strip club or something mm-hmm. but then it's not maybe cabaret oh my gosh yeah the name for it cabaret it's like cabaret but like cabaret. 80s cabaret yeah that's good it's a post fossey cabaret kind of world it's very cool it is a family vibe but like next door is <laughs> a place Leaving called zanzibar or something zanzibar yeah and that's like all nude, all girls, all the time, five dollars. Hey, and baby. I just, yeah, felt like okay. Most of the guys would probably just be next door at Zanzibar. But <laughs> I like that they're showing all the guys interested in this dance. You know, it's kind of mm-hmm. nice. Like, I think it's important to show a more idealized version of the world. Mm-hmm. Like nobody complains when people a horrible, a more horrible dystopian version of the world. But whenever we show an idealized version of the world of like, hey, maybe we can treat people more like this instead, <laughs> you know, like, like we had hearts mm-hmm. that people get kind of bent out of shape, like, oh, that'd never be a thing. <laughs> like, this isn't realistic. Yeah, yeah that's pretty much what I'm saying. <laughs> I want it to be realistic. I guess I'm jaded. Yeah, but see, here's my thing is that. I actually know quite a few guys who are super grossed out by strip clubs. Yeah. But they would probably think that that was really cool. Mm -hmm. Like to go to a place and see people dance. Yeah. You know, that was like doing something creative and sure it's like, it's kind of hot or whatever, but dancing is fucking sexy as hell. Right. You know? So, I mean, that's just the nature of dance. Maybe we should find out if there is something like that somewhere. Yeah, anybody, if anybody has hung out at a place like Hobbies Bar or has worked at a place like Hobbies Bar, please let us know. Right? Still exists. We're going to go. Yeah. Show field trip. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. Um, Yeah. So I was saying that's where, and then her friend, so Alex is the main girl. Mm Mm-hmm. And her friend is named Jeannie, and she is a waitress at this place, Mobby's Bar, where they do mm-hmm. their dancing and everything. But then later, um, things happen, and Jeannie ends up 
working at the Zanzibar, the strip club next door, because she's dating the owner. Leaving. What? His name. Mm-hmm. The actor who plays Johnny C, the Zanzibar yeah. owner. His name is Lee. In real life, his name's Lee, L-E-E, Ving, V-I-N-G. No way. Leaving. It's not his real name. He's okay. the lead singer of the punk band Fear. Okay. And he's he was also Mr. Body in Clue. Oh, okay. I knew I recognized him from yeah. something. I love that guy. Oh, nice. <laughs> cool. Okay. He does such a great job in this role. Yeah, he's like a dirt bag, but like oh almost tolerable dirt bag mm, at times. The worst mm. kind. The most dangerous kind of dirt bag of all. True. So he lures Jeannie into working at his club. And then um, that's the part of the movie that I like remember the most of being like disturbed oh. by as a child and feeling like a gross feeling in my gut. Um, when Alex finds out that she's working there and she goes to rescue her and she's just sitting in this like pit, basically. It's almost like a kiddie pool mm-hmm. and she's on her back in only like a g-string with her knees bent and just like waving her legs around in the air to all the guys you know you know what she's she's doing the pilates mermaid position yeah so she's mermaiding in her underwear with her crotch and all these people's faces Mm and i don't know i just felt like so disturbed by that as a child and i still do and then i just remember when alex came to rescue her and covered her with her coat and was like what are you doing you know this isn't you and then her friend started crying because she was like embarrassed that Alex had seen her that way mm-hmm. but then Alex comforted her and like you felt like it was going to be okay and she was going to find something else mm-hmm. to do but that was the like darkest most disturbing part that I remember as a kid just being like Oh, she's just laying there in this pool, like naked on her back with these guys just all leering around her. And yeah, I don't know. It felt worse than like the dancing, because at least when you're up on the stage and you're dancing, you're more like in control and you're expressing yourself. And she was just laying there on her back being gawked at. Well, and it seemed like she was still trying to hide. Mm -hmm. So it was like. The other women, it didn't seem like, oh, that's bad. They shouldn't be stripping. It was just like, oh, there's some women doing some stripping. It's the 80s. Then you get to Jeannie, and you can, like, clearly see that she's not okay with it. I mean, she's barely moving her body. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, I do, I guess up front, I mean, since we're just talking about being in the strip club. so. You you go into the strip club and you see all of these women and they're oiled up. The way the camera angles are coming down over the women's bodies, like you never see anybody's face. It's just tits and ass. Yeah. And this that is like such a great demonstration of how you're indulging the viewer. You're asking the viewer to sexualize these women. But then at the same time, you're following that with this is bad and you shouldn't do it. Every scene of a woman in this movie is this long, lingering camera go panning down the body in the way that 
men check you out when they don't have any filter <laughs> and they don't care that you know that they're going to go home later and jerk off <laughs> to your t- like you know what i'm saying like uh-huh. so your image or whatever they put in their fucking head and you can see that on them and it's the same with that camera and so all of the stuff in this movie that could be considered like girl power e is like negated for me mm-hmm. by the fact that um sexual harassment's okay incest is okay and yeah let's get to genie in a second sorry this movie pisses me off really oh wow i wasn't expecting this i feel like when you first were texting me when you first started it was all like good vibes yeah i don't say good vibes only because i know you hate that (laughs) well it is good vibes but it's just like okay so when i was a kid i saw this movie but I was an all that jazz diehard and I still am one of my all time favorite movies, all that jazz. So I got really excited because I remembered all that jazz and I was like, Oh my God, Isaac, you know, you got to watch this movie. It was like, it's like one of my all time favorite movies when I was a kid. Nice. And so I turn it on and we start watching it. It's like this really hot dance scene. And it's very sexual. And Isaac's like, uh, this is your favorite movie as a kid? And I was like, what? Is this thing? And he was like, uh, this is weird. Mom, why do you want this? And I was like, yeah, she loves this movie too. <laughs> I don't know what it was, but something about this movie did not interest me when I was little. Yeah. And I almost think it had something to do with like there's a grittiness to this movie that I didn't find visually appealing mm-hmm. enough as a kid to like for it to hold my attention. So I saw this movie with Nana. Okay. And again, she kind of just kept pointing out all of the like, oh, we're supposed to think this lady's hot, like all of the stuff where it was like I think the movie made her uncomfortable because it was so sexualizing of this girl mm-hmm. who is a teenager still. Legitimately. Like, technically, she's a teenager. And yeah, in real life and in the movie. Like, oh. I don't know that I actually enjoyed the movie. It was just the dancing. But actually, mm-hmm. some of the dance, like, I remember one of the dances that Alex did where she was dressed like in an 80s punk geisha look mm-hmm. 80s and, punk geisha yeah and then she was sitting in front of the television and it blew back on her kind of like that old memorex ad or something mm-hmm. you know i don't mm-hmm. know what it was and then she got up and she was wearing like an 80s power suit but she was dancing in the strobe light and it was like all black and white and it felt like creepy and i remember as a kid thinking it was, it was like a creepy scary dance too there's a lot of things about that dance. So I was like, okay, well, obviously that would not fly today. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, and there was this weird, like, remember how everybody, like all the adults were like scared that the Japanese were going to buy everything in the eighties and take over the U S yeah. You remember that? It was like, it was like the shadow of a nuclear Holocaust, like coming back to spark fear 
in America mm-hmm. in the eighties. So I thought about that, but then I also thought about, um, so it was kind of like, you know, that was a scary dance mm-hmm. and it was like, Japan is scary. Wow. On top of that, I think that they did it because that they put her, they put that face on her because it masked the fact that that is not the actress. And you can clearly see that it is not Jennifer Beals. They don't even try to hide it at Mm -hmm. all, like at any point in the film. And especially like even the main dance, like culmination scene at the end. It's so obvious that it's not her. It's three different people. It's three different people. One of them is a guy. Okay. I thought the person riding the bike at the beginning was a guy. And there were a couple Uh, others. (laughs) I thought there was a guy too. The break, the break dancing. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they had to do, they had to, they had three different people to make up this dance scene at the end. And I actually have the names of the dancers because I I looked up the dancers because they deserve credit. And they're not anywhere in the movie. No. With credit. So let's see. There is uh, this woman, Jahan, who did the technical dancing. A woman, Shapiro, who did all the gymnastic stunts. Mm -hmm. And B-Boy Crazy Legs, who did the breakdancing moves. That's awesome. Yeah, I know. B-Boy Crazy Legs. (laughs) Do you think that he, like... What was that like for him to be like, yeah, to break dance in a movie, but then to like tell his friends, like, I'm playing, you know, Jennifer Beals? <laughs> what was that like yeah. for him? I know it must have been like mixed emotions, right? I would imagine. I mean, <laughs> you're not you're not getting credit for what I mean, but on the other hand, maybe maybe you're just like, hey, I just got paid to dance, yeah, in a leotard and leg warmers. Crazy legs. Yeah, yeah, it's a crazy legs. We need to look him up and interview him. <laughs> yeah, we need wow. to interview him. I just that- love the fact that they don't even try to like hide it. It's like a terrible wig. They don't hide her face well at all. It's just like, okay, this isn't her. She could never do this. Here's yeah. this other person pretending yeah. to her. To me, this movie is here's a fuckable 18-year-old. It's like, you know, okay, so we open up on this scene of welding that it's like it makes it makes her job look like it's like if you were at a steel mill that it turned into a porn okay like that's how we set up the movie like that's how it starts and then she and then she's dancing and she's doing um Alex is doing her famous scene where she's dancing with the chair and she pulls that string and all this water comes down and then she continues to dance in heels on on a wet wet floor floor. i know in a terrible wig yeah so the wig immediately pulled me out of the dance Mm -hmm. so i almost like couldn't even focus because i was like on it because i was like i know this isn't her which isn't a big deal, but it was, it just really took me out of it, out of the fantasy mm-hmm. of it. And then this guy, Nick, 
who is basically Archangel Michael or a Greek god. I feel like if I was a casting director, I would those are the two roles I would want him cast in. <laughs> and so, so he's 18 years older than her in real life. Yeah. I looked it up. And he, yeah. <laughs> he he's sitting there and with this guy and the and he's like, whoa, you know, he's really going for her. And then his friend rattles off this number and he's like, you know, uh, and then he's like, it's her social security code, asshole. She works for you. So now we find out that Nick is Alex's boss at the welding place. Great. We have a man who's 18 years older than an 18 year old. <laughs> and who is also her boss. Mm-hmm. The women are talking in the dressing room. What do you think? What are the women talking about? Boys. Only boys. Only boys. Is he going to call me? I hope he calls me. He'll probably call you, though. Okay, this movie was, like, made by men. It's made by men for men. Uh, and... <laughs> uh, stanza. Whenever you have, like, a scene where there's a bunch of women... And they're all just like, all they talk about is men who have attachment issues. <laughs> this is their fantasy that women just sit around and talk about them all the time. <laughs> and like, oh, does he love me enough? Is he going to call? Oh, I'm just a little girl and I'm not good enough for my big man. It's like, that's what these guys want. I feel like this movie is such a great example of the problem the intersection between filmmaking and cocaine use i don't know is peak it's like peak intersection this movie like embodies everything that i uh, that i dislike about 80s filmmaking quite frankly oh man yeah that you had more uh, memories about this movie of like it being very positive mm-hmm. and i don't really know why i didn't but like, I just grew up feeling like I didn't like that movie and yeah. kind of not really being sure why. And then when I was watching it this time, I was like, oh, it's probably all of this like really bleak manipulation by men. Jeannie and Alex are eating dinner at Jeannie's parents' house. Oh, God. Now, her dad calls them. He's like, you girls eat like pigs. Mm-hmm. And then Jeannie very seriously says, I could eat anything yesterday. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm being a good girl, daddy. I'm on my diet, okay? So then he says some things that are kind of degrading. Nobody says anything about it. I mean, there's a clear, like, discomfort in the air, but mm-hmm. nobody confronts him about it. So then later... We are at the ice skating show. Alex and Nick are there because Nick basically told her that she was jokingly told her that she was fired. And so now they could go on a date. Yeah, because she was saying, like, I don't think it's a good idea to date my boss. And he's like, okay, you win. You're You're fired. (laughs) Which is a joke. I mean, he was joking. He was joking. However, it's weird, man. Jeannie's dad is watching Jeannie on the ice 
And he is making like these gross, like kissy lust faces. And then what? he tells, yeah, then you know, like go back and watch the scene because mm. I swear the implication is that there is a major sexual abuse situation going on with Jeannie and her dad. So he's like making these like gross kissy faces. Oh my God. Okay. I'm going to have to watch this again. I thought it was just like nerve faces, you know? I didn't see it that way at all. I thought he was making, I thought he was being lusty. And then he turns to his wife and says, that's what you used to look like 20 years ago. Okay, I heard it, like, differently. I think it depends on what mood I'm in sometimes. Because I just heard him being, like, there's you 20 years ago. Not as, like, vicious or gross as that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeannie messes up. And she falls. And she just does a... She goes from doing a great job ice skating to do a hor- doing a horrible job. Then her dad goes backstage. And then all of a sudden he's nice. Yeah. To her. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's a super inconsistent behavior. He's super manipulative and controlling to the extent that he's monitoring how much his daughter is eating so that she doesn't get fat like mm-hmm. her mom. Yeah. And then now we're seeing him be nice. So we can all backpedal and go, oh, well, he's not really a bad guy after all. I you totally know? fell for it. I think I'm in a sentimental mood today or something. Because <laughs> I, like, felt touched by that scene. Well, see, here's the thing. That's the problem, because that scene is touching if you just take that scene in and of itself and you disregard everything else that that guy did. And I feel like that so many dads in movies, definitely 80s movies, but other movies, too, where just, like, I'm the grizzled dad who just works all the time and I'm working class and this is my life and I work and I come <laughs> home and I eat dinner and then I sit in a chair and watch TV and smoke a cigar and watch sports and I don't show emotions and that's okay. That's just how I am. Like, that's how he was. And then when he was watching her in her competition because she's been working at it for two years, then he actually was like, nervous for her and he wanted her to do well but he couldn't show it his dad never showed him love and he probably just beat him and so he's just like I can't show emotion and I can't show her that I really am proud of her I just have mm-hmm. to be gruff and like contrary like oh you're probably gonna lose mm-hmm. you're probably gonna fall because he said before the thing like you might fall or you're gonna fall you know what I mean yeah then it's like she did fall and then he felt bad, and then he did, like, let his emotions show. I feel like that's a setup that we see in so many movies is, uh-huh. like, I'm gruff on the outside, but really I'm sweet, and yeah. then you see it at a certain point. He was actually really nice to her. Mm-hmm. And that's all you remember. But you forget the part where he set her up to fall by telling yeah. her that she was going to fall. And then now... He, so he breaks her down, and then he gets to build her back up. Oh. It's like classic abuse behavior. There's so much, like, subtle abuse behavior in this movie. And I'm like, I can't tell if it's if the people that made the movie are just, like, abusive, and they didn't notice that they were, like, showing their hand, mm. or if 
they were showing these people having like abused lives. Yeah. I feel like that may be part of it is it's just like the whole movie is gritty and dingy looking and there's a dark undertone. It's in like Pittsburgh, a steel town that would soon be like, you know, obsolete as a steel town. Right. In, in poverty. Um, and we see Jeannie's family, you know, doesn't seem to have much money and they're like investing their money in her skating and then it doesn't work out. Mm-hmm. And I think they were just supposed to see that they do have hard lives. Yeah. And probably like continuing some patterns of abuse from being like lower to middle class. Right. Working town, steel town people, which is what we grew up in. So we can speak yeah, on it. Totally. So we can speak on this. And then, so we see Jeannie's home life is not great. And she comes out in just like a plain black leotard. And like the woman before her was in like this beautiful blue, you know, mm-hmm. like fancy looking outfit. And then Jeannie just comes out in her like Kmart leotard. So you're mm-hmm. seeing like, this is Jeannie's life. Like this is her one chance to make it. And she has yeah. And then she fails. Alex, we don't know anything about her family, so we just assume that like they're dead or they're deadbeats, and that she's been basically raising herself. And maybe that uh, her friend Hannah, yeah, the, the older ballerina, her into dancing. Mm-hmm. My my imaginary my story for Alex is that her mom is a single mom, but has some mental health issues so she Mm -hmm. couldn't provide a stable home life for her Mm -hmm. and that hannah was a neighbor oh and hannah took her under her wing and taught her to dance that sounds nice yeah i'll buy that and then alex's mom just like got into drugs and fell off the map or skipped town with some abusive boyfriend and left Alex behind to fend mm-hmm. for herself. Mm-hmm. And then she couldn't afford college. So she went to welding school or she just took it in vocational classes in high school. So she mm-hmm. became a welder and then she saved all of her money from welding so that she could support herself while she was in dance school, which was really nice. So I feel like, I don't know. I really feel like, I didn't like the movie movie as a kid. I just like the dancing. Now I like see why watching it as an adult. And, but I feel like there were some like positive moments from like, okay, I can see how Alex could be like a good role model because she's like a single girl doing it for herself mm-hmm. with a cool apartment and a dog, mm-hmm. a cool wardrobe. Mm-hmm. She lives by her own rules. She makes her own money. She's saving up for pursuing her dreams to be a dancer. And I think that she is like a good role model in that regard. She doesn't just fall for what her boss says at first. She's not just like, oh my God, you're my boss and you're rich and I'm Mm -hmm. poor and working my ass off. So I'm just going to go out with you. She didn't do that. Like she put him off until she decided that she actually did want to go out with him. I don't remember what made her actually decide that, but... But and then she, she kind of like, didn't she? 
That I mean, that's really the question is with sexual harassment generally is how much of a decision can you really make mm-hmm. if you feel like your job's at risk? Right. Even if the guy's hot, like, okay, let's look at Nick's behavior. Let's say Nick doesn't look like Archangel Michael or a Greek god, okay? Can I just say, I actually don't find him attractive and his teeth are gross, but that's 80s. Doesn't he play like a bad guy or something in a different movie, like a devil or a vampire? I mean, he looks like he could be evil. Yeah, I'm going to look it up at some point. But tell me, yeah, if he looked unattractive. Then he says that he will fire her because joking i know but here's the thing would it sound like a joke if he wasn't attractive no it wouldn't then it would be like i'm gross and i know you won't go out with me any other way so Uh okay yes he played in the curse of dracula oh okay that sounds i knew i had seen him as a vampire that's probably another reason why this movie freaked me out because I had seen him as a vampire before. Oh, he would be a perfect vampire. That's probably another like dark feeling to this movie. Ah, we'll see. Okay. So you don't think this guy's attractive and he's kind of creepy to you. I mean, I, I actually found him like more attractive as it went on and I thought he was nice and like Mm -hmm. funny and he's okay. I can see how he could be considered attractive. I know I just argued that he's a total creep and he's sexually harassing her. Mm-hmm. But when I was watching this movie, if you, I mean, I feel like if you really liked somebody, you know, sometimes you just know or whatever. Yeah. You know, okay, sure. But um, he gets her the audition to dance for the school. She freaks out because she finds out that he got her the audition and she freaks out. And it's not the first time that she freaks out and, like, causes property damage. Like, right. she causes a lot of property damage in this movie. And this is another thing where I'm like, okay, if this was a not hot person <laughs> or a guy, uh-huh. this would not be acceptable behavior right. at all. She, like, broke his window. She didn't even ask because him any questions. Because she saw him, like, out with another woman. Yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, like, what? They were on, like, one date? Yeah, like I, I've never gone on one date and been like, "Oh, we're exclusive." Like I don't think that's a thing. <laughs> I know, but you know what I said to myself a few times when she was pulling this shit on him. Mm-hmm. I was like, "That's what you get for dating an eighteen-year-old." Excellent point. Excellent point. <laughs> well, and I think it was like, "Ooh, she's like hot and fiery and passionate," <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like, and a lot of people think that when they get into a relationship with somebody who has anger management issues, at a certain point in the relationship, it's like the hot passion that was like put into the lovemaking Mm -hmm. (laughs) becomes just like, oh shit, you punched a hole in the wall again. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. you might be punching me next time. I can't tell. Right. And she does strike him like many times she hits him, which is like, okay, when you're like hot and tiny, I guess you can get away with that. But it's not acceptable. But again, it's like she's 18. Sure. Not that you should be doing that when you're 18. Like you're still an adult and you shouldn't be like hitting people. (laughs) But he can't expect like the emotional maturity out of her that he did from his ex-wife or other relationships with grown women like 
She's a teenager. Mm-hmm. She's a baby. <sighs> this relationship. I don't know about it. It's really messed up. Like, I didn't realize how old she was. I was thinking mm-hmm. in my head, like, oh, she's probably supposed to be like 22 or 23. Mm-hmm. But like at the beginning of the film, when she raised her welder's mask, I was like, oh, she's a literal baby. Like, she yeah. looks so young. Like, I didn't remember her looking that young because I yeah. was like five. So everyone looked older yeah. to me. But I was like, geez, she is a kid, really. And then so, yeah, when they started this relationship, I was like, he's probably in his 20s or 30s. He's 36. Yeah. Because the one when they're like at the ice skating competition, Mm -hmm. the comedian kind of makes a crack at about his age because the kid had got punched in the face and he had a broken nose and he was like. Yeah, that was a big thing back in the 50s, wasn't it? Like, saying mm-hmm. that to him. And then, so Nick was, like, in the 60s. So yeah. he was like, I see what you're doing. You're saying that I'm old. And I am old, but not as old as you think. And that's right. He should have been giving him crap, because it's gross. Yeah. yeah, Richie is really the heart of the movie. <laughs> Which is weird, because when you first uh-huh. see Richie, the cook, who's, like, also a quote-unquote comedian, mm-hmm. um, he is like oh my god this guy's gonna be insufferable yeah but he actually turns out to be super sweet and one of the things i liked about the movie was that richie and alex had Mm -hmm. a genuine platonic relationship you know i feel like this movie tried to be progressive for women Mm -hmm. but it just didn't pan out because the people who made it selected jennifer beals by showing a group of teamsters who are working on, you know, in the studio or whatever, a picture of Jennifer Beals uh-huh. and Demi Moore and a model uh-huh. who I don't know her name and said, which one of these would you fuck? And they took this a vote. True story. Yes, it's a true story. And it was Jennifer Beals. Okay. So that's the attitude of the dudes making this movie. And to me, it comes through. So I don't care how progressive or how feminist your protagonist is because she's a welder, because she Mm -hmm. has a man's job. I don't care about any of that shit. The fact is, you have completely taken an 18-year-old girl and made everything about every camera angle that is placed on her about her tits and ass. And she's such a kid that whenever they whenever nick and alex are going out to eat and she's eating lobster that whenever the director told her to be sexy mm-hmm. she said i don't know how to be sexy i knew how to be sexy by the time i was 18 well, i did too but you know what i'm saying <laughs> like, i wouldn't have had a problem with it but yeah i'm just saying this is the <laughs> mentality of the person that is doing yeah job I think that she did a good job because it was sexy when she was eating the lobster. Well, the actor that played Nick, he told her, just act like you're doing things that would be very offensive to other people. Uh-huh. So that's how they got that scene. Oh. So then she just started acting like, how could I shock everyone? And then that's that's how they got the scene. Wow. I know this stuff because I listened to an episode of of a Hollywood crime scene that okay. was about Don Simpson, 
who's one of the producers of this mm-hmm. movie. And he had a wild drug and cocaine fueled life. He died in like 1994 or something. Mm-hmm. He had like, I don't know, like 21 drugs in his system or something when he died. Wow, like, I didn't even know there were that many. You know what was weird? Is that I was thinking there is a lot of TNA in this movie, mm-hmm. but there's really not a lot of T, mainly no. A, because mm-hmm. it's dancers and dancers have amazing asses. Mm-hmm. And that's mainly what I was thinking a lot of the time is like, that is such an amazing ass. I need to work out. Mm-hmm. I wish that I had muscle muscles like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when they're showing like the scene that everyone knows where she's like in the leg warmers and doing the like, like super fast, just like trotting in place thing and like rubbing her thighs. But I feel like that could be super sexual, but to me, it didn't feel like it. I wasn't getting like a super sexualized vibe from it, even though it was focusing on her ass, but they had to do that because they, it was never her. So they couldn't show her face, but that's okay. Cause it played into the role. Cause they just wanted to show it's an ass. So it didn't matter. And the only time they showed her face is when she was just like flinging sweat everywhere and like flicking her head around wildly. That's all she did. Mm-hmm. And it made me wonder like how bad of a dancer is Jennifer Beals. They couldn't show her doing like anything. Well, you can hurt her head. Because what? when you do see her, she's real, she seems very stiff. Yeah. Which I mean, some people just aren't dancers. Right. I mean, whatever, you know, but like, yeah. But if I you're going to my... be the star of a dance movie, maybe but... try something. Because I'm sure there's plenty of attractive dancer slash actresses out there that they could have chosen to do everything. But the Teamsters thought that she was the most fuckable, yeah. which just confirms what everyone's always known about Hollywood, which is that being the hot chick is the most important part of the movie. Well, yeah, I mean, it's Hollywood. That's just how it is. But I think it's changing. But I don't know. Yeah. Okay, so, but, like, when they were showing that, I almost felt like it wasn't sexualizing it. It was more focusing on, like, thinking of it as the dancer's tools and their source Mm -hmm. of power. That's Mm -hmm. how I felt, because they were Mm -hmm. showing, like, these powerful thighs and butt, Mm -hmm. doing these, like, beautiful dance moves. And Mm -hmm. so I really didn't feel like it was as sexualized as it could be, which was surprising to me. Yeah. They do make the dancing scenes about the dance and it's super powerful. Like when she pulls that water down, mm-hmm. oh my God, I w- I got like kind of weepy. I guess like I wasn't actually talking about the dance scenes, mm-hmm. but I mean like the, just the normal scenes where they're just like being people interacting. Mm-hmm. I just felt like it, it. I don't know. There was There's something about this movie that just feels like very predatory and creepy to me. I guess. Yeah. And it's disorienting because a lot of the messages in the movie are, I'm a strong, independent woman. But then there's all these other, like I was talking about with Jeannie's dad, or like how leaving the uh, Johnny C, who has the strip club next door. So there's a scene where he's over because he likes to hang out at Bobby's bar he is like being really offensive to Jeannie and then he's like oh I'm sorry like I'm really sorry like I'm not really a bad guy like this is an act okay ladies if anybody ever says that to you (laughs) just like walk away 
<laughs> if you if you really want to be nice about it, be like, oh my God, I have to pee really bad. And then just leave. Okay. It works every time. And I mean, really. Uh-huh. And then, oh my God, the biggest red flag. He hands her a hundred dollar bill mm-hmm. and is like, see how, see how nice I am. I really am a good guy. I'm gonna give you a big tip. I'm gonna see if I can cross this boundary. I'm gonna treat you really poorly. And then whenever you get upset about it, I'm going to give you money. And then you're going to think I'm a nice guy. Mm-hmm. And every time I'm feeling threatened or whatever it is that motivates me to be an asshole, mm-hmm. it's really hurtful, I'm going to push that line a little bit further. And yeah, your gifts are going to get bigger, but you're still going to end up stripping over at my club mm-hmm. and I'm still going to end up being your pimp. About that scene, I felt yeah. like he was just like grooming her to start working for him in that scene. Like mm-hmm. he's showing her that he can give her all this money. I just felt like I could see like, that's what he was doing. Like manipulating her, like you said, and priming her to beat her down, to get her over there to the Zanzibar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Like in the beginning of the movie, uh, I think they're at a laundromat or something, Jeannie and Alex. And then you see John and you see outside of the Zanzibar, like promoting his club. And then Jeannie and Alex walk by and he's like, Hey girls, like trying to get them to work for him. Mm-hmm. And they're not interested. He's like, look at my car. It's $20,000 and it's got push button mm-hmm. and leather seats. Look at this. Come work for me. You can have all this. And they're not interested. And then they like insult him. Oh, and Alex says, did you know the smallest, penis ever measured is 1.1 inches and then he says you guys really are a couple of cunts or something like that yeah. like, he calls them cunts but like, he says oh like God. he's like really jokey about it mm-hmm. when he says it and I feel like they didn't really I this is like old hat like this is their like, oh, yeah. routine that they do mm-hmm. and it's kind of jokey I I have a hard time not liking leaving Mm-hmm. so when I, he you know he's these like despicable <laughs> he does it so well and it's like I I don't know I feel like he's not really like that so it's like he's kind of weirdly charming to me uh-huh. he's got that twinkle in his eye so they cast him really well because those guys that are abusive like that often like oh he's just being he's just being silly or whatever yeah you know and so I did feel like with that relationship and like that whole setup there I that made me that made me on the side of the people making this movie are really trying to show this abusive cycle people have good intentions and they operate from where they know you know so the people making this movie I'm sure they thought they were being, you know, these men, like I thought they, I bet they thought they were being really progressive. This 18 year old girl that's telling some guy like, Hey, I bet your penis is only an inch long. And like, (laughs) you know, she's sassy and she's a welder and like this, Hey ladies, like this is feminism in the eighties. You're supposed to work like a man and fuck like a woman, Mm -hmm. you know, and you got to be hot all the time. And you know, you got to know how to cook and you know how to be a lady and you also got to know how to be a man, Mm -hmm. you know? And like, 
it was all like, you know, anything you can do, I can do better. Like that was the kind of like, let's adopt like this masculinity. Yeah. And okay. That's, you know, I mean, you got to grow somehow, but the flip side of that is that it puts a lot more fucking pressure on women. Cause now not only do we have to be gorgeous and fuckable, but we also have to work like a man. <laughs> so now we have double the expectations, but men don't have any more expectations. <laughs> the peak uh, contradictory messages for women yeah. was in the eighties. I felt like maybe even if women weren't calling themselves feminists, they were like, well, of course women should be able to work outside the home and, and yeah, you know, we should be able to have sex before we're married and all of these things that, you know, are like basic human rights um, mm-hmm. that men enjoy. Um, yeah, as women, we should be able to enjoy those too. But at the same time, these are people that grew up with the mom. St- the mom is supposed to, whether this was like actually true or not, these are all of the messages they got from their culture growing up is that the mom stays home and takes care of the kids and you have two kids and the dad works, and he's pretty distant. If you're lucky, he'll play with you on Saturday. <laughs> so you got those messages growing up. But then later, women are like, eh, this is like not for us. Like the majority of women were not yet questioning the beauty standards that were being put upon them. Right. So even if they were a feminist, they still put a very strong emphasis on being attractive according to the standards of our culture and at the same time they're also now supposed to act like a man at work Mm -hmm. and you're supposed to be a mom and you're supposed to be really hot and you're supposed to be a housewife but you're also supposed to be a working woman yeah And all of that really, I felt like, kind of like crashed into each other in the 80s. Movies like this, I feel like are part of the problem, even though I think probably the people making it thought they were being like, you know, progressive. Mm -hmm. But really what they're telling girls is that you have to be hot. The only reason Alex ever got in to this dance audition at the school at the end of the movie is because Nick, her boss turned boyfriend got her the audition because he's like on the board or whatever. I don't really care about that. I mean, whatever people do stuff like that all the time. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm not going to blame you for like taking an opportunity that's presented to you. So that's not here or there. It's just that all that this movie really told me is that I need to, as a little girl, is that I need to be hot mm-hmm. and then a guy will save me. Mm-hmm. And, and even though I scream and kick and fight and resist, that just makes me hotter. It's like taming <laughs> of the shrew. Uh-huh. I mean, really, this movie is kind of like um, taming of the shrew meets Saturday my night fair fever. lady oh yeah my fair lady yeah <laughs> yeah and saturday night fever yeah okay i feel like i must just be again in like a very sentimental mood today because mm-hmm. <laughs> these things weren't bothering me 
um, really much at all. Uh, I definitely feel like, you know, nepotism definitely happens. It's not fair. It excludes a lot of people who never had a chance and like different socioeconomics Mm -hmm. and things like that. Mm -hmm. But in this movie, um, Alex was from like a socioeconomic class that wouldn't really have the opportunity to go to this repertory dance school because all of the people, when she does go before she even meets Nick or gets involved with him at all, she goes to apply. And then she hears the woman saying to fill out this application, put every dance school you've been to any (laughs) repertory you've been part of any company you've toured with. And it's like, it's this huge thing that you're supposed to list all the training that you've had. And when she comes in, they all look at her because she's wearing like her welding boots and she looks dirty mm-hmm. from work. And there's like, oh my God, who is this yeah. piece of working all class rude. trash that's yeah. come in? And so she gets intimidated and she leaves, and that made me sad. Mm. But so you can see that there's no way mm-hmm. she would have gotten an audition because auditions are based on invitation. Mm-hmm. And reading her application, she had nothing to put on it like literally nothing. No. Literally reading nothing. books and watching ballet on TV isn't going to get you that audition. Mm-mm. And so he just helped her overcome a boundary that was put on her by her like mm-hmm. lack of funds and lack of social support. Totally. So I'm okay with it. Cause then like he said, she still had to do well at the audition in order to get beyond that. So he it was just really got up her to her from there. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay. See, I, you know, I'm saying all this stuff. And that's like a more general, like, what are you getting from this movie? But the actual, the actual, like me in the moment of watching the movie, when she finds out that he got her the audition Mm -hmm. and she got mad, I was like, oh, come on, girl, like, get over yourself. Just take the fucking audition. Like, (laughs) let someone help you. Like, so I was actually frustrated with her. Mm-hmm. that she didn't just like immediately be like you know what I'm gonna do it because this is an opportunity and how the hell else was I supposed to get it exactly. so the movie makers it's like they could be open enough to see a young woman doing it for herself and wanting to be independent and a fully like realized individual but at the same time they can't imagine her so independent that she couldn't do any of this stuff without a man the contradictions of this movie being like the contradictions of the 80s for women that's just because that's where people that were making this movie were at in their own heads. Like, you know, these movies we're watching, they're a reflection of like people trying to work out like what are the cultural norms and what what's the vision we want to have for the way people are together versus what do we consider to be no longer acceptable? Mm-hmm. You know, and people look to movies and TV for that information. I mean, that's just how it is now. I don't really know who Alex is outside of her relationship to Nick. Like, you think you're gonna know because you, like, see her by herself. Mm-hmm. But then every, but then everything becomes her 
reacting to what Nick's doing. And it really kind of ceases to be about her in a way. Okay, I just have to say that I was upset that there was such a big age difference because aside from that, I felt like their relationship was pretty fun and Nick was Mm -hmm. like pretty supportive of her. He handled her outbursts pretty Mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. But then again, he's got the maturity of a 36-year-old dealing with an 18-year-old girl Mm -hmm. who has basically raised herself. So honestly, I think she did pretty well for what she's working Mm -hmm. with too, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt like at the end she did her big dance and when she came running outside after her audition, it was like a fall day and leaves were blowing and she looked so excited. And I just had this feeling of like happiness for her Mm -hmm. and accomplishment and thinking of like days when I had a really big thing to do, or like I took a really big exam that I've been studying for, for like a year. And then you just come outside into the sunlight and you're like, I've done it. And you just have that like great feeling of like, you've worked so hard for it and it's been terrible and you were really scared the whole time, but then it's over and you just burst out into the day and you're like, Mm -hmm. you feel so free and light. And it's like, at that point, you don't even care exactly what happens. You're just so happy that you've actually completed the task that Mm -hmm. you've been working up to. Mm -hmm. And I just like really felt that when she burst out and was Mm -hmm. running with the leaves blowing behind her. Mm -hmm. And then, Nick was waiting for her with her dog and I just thought it was really sweet and I got like teary-eyed and he like picked her up and Mm -hmm. her around and he gave her flowers which was like when she went to the dance with Hannah before when they went to the ballet at the end then they gave flowers to the principal dancer Mm -hmm. and then she asked Hannah at the end like does the main dancer always get flowers Mm -hmm. and she said yes and then she said, how does that feel? And then Hannah said, you tell me someday. Because mm-hmm. Hannah always had faith that she would be able to do it. So then when Nick gave her the flowers at the end, I was like, she's the main dancer. Like, she made it. Like, she's going to mm-hmm. do it. Mm-hmm. And I felt, like, emotional about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I was like, what's the matter with me? I, it, like, got to me. Yeah, I think it's great. I love getting emotional yeah. in movies. I just felt silly getting like emotional over flash dance, but it was doing it for me. <laughs> I felt like it was really sweet at the end. Mm-hmm. No, I actually, I, I really love that ending. I actually wouldn't even have a problem with their age, the age thing or the relationship dynamic they have if he wasn't her boss. <laughs> yeah. But that is like, why do we need him to also be her boss? It's true. Why do we need that? Why can't he just be a coworker? He has to be a fancy guy because he needs to have power and money and influence. Right. But he could be somebody that goes to the bar. Mm-hmm. And like, that's all you need. And then he like has a job doing something fancy. But yeah, we know he he's like your boss. Yeah. I mean, I just feel like that makes it that makes the relationship feel like okay well the power dynamic is off on multiple levels and not just the age difference true which is like just unsettling and i i wonder i always wonder with these movies like how are women responding to this relationship between the two of them were they just like oh this is romantic and he's supporting her dream and 
I wish I had a guy that would support my dreams because that's the dream. The dream. <laughs> <laughs> Is mm-hmm. that somebody who supports your dreams? <laughs> yeah. No? Yeah, you're right. Why did they have to add the extra layer of him actually being her boss? He could have just been a patron at the club that was yeah. wealthy, like you said. Well, okay, here's the thing. We need to get Nick's the love interest. We need to get Nick and Alex together as much as possible. We'll make him the boss. And then we can make a joke about how he's going to fire her. <laughs> but also that plot point worked as a device to show how independent Alex is and how she's not a gold digger. I've never been sexually harassed in the workplace. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. I had this boss when I was in... When I was in college, I had this boss for a while, and um, I was really attracted to him, and I guess I was probably 20, Uh and he was, like, he was probably, like, 32 or so, and I was super-duper attracted to him, and I would, like, do, like, the subtle flirting, Uh because I didn't want to push any lines, because he was my boss. So I wasn't, I wasn't going to be like outwardly flirty with him, but I would like subtly be subtly flirty with him. And I could tell he was attracted to me Mm -hmm. and boy, did he draw the line? Mm -hmm. I mean, he was real. I mean, I could almost see that like wall of like, (laughs) and then every once in a while, like if we had to, if we had to, cause usually he would just come and check in on me and then like take the money out of the register or whatever. Cause we worked in the mall. So where'd you work in the mall? Oh, I worked at a Sterling silver cart. Oh my God. Yeah. You worked at a cart. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. awesome. It was really fun actually. Um, but so he would like come in, but sometimes uh, we, like if we had to polish everything or something together they read each other while you feverishly polished silver. Yeah. I feel like if he had reciprocated my flirtations and if he had hit on me, mm-hmm. like I probably would have dated him. And I think I probably would have felt pretty shitty about it later. Oh, why? Because when I think about him hitting on me now, me as a 20 year old, yeah, it really grosses me out. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm so fucking happy he didn't hit on me. Yeah. I'm so happy he kept that boundary with me. What a great guy. Because I've actually had a lot of men keep boundaries with me, proper adult male boundaries <laughs> with me as a teenager and early and young adult in my 20s. Yeah. And I really appreciate that. Even though some of those guys I was attracted to, and I feel like I might have dated them. Mm-hmm. You know, because I would, I was like, "Oh, I'm 22 or I'm 20 or whatever." Right. I thought I was very mature, but I wasn't. No, I know. I think you're right. It's very like situation dependent, and obviously, Alex was into it, and they did seem to have a good relationship where he was supportive of her. But in 10 years, when she's 30 and she looks back and is like, "Wait a minute, what?" Mm-hmm. He was 36, and I was 18. Yeah. What was he thinking? And he was my boss. Mm -hmm. What the heck? 
then yeah in retrospect I'm sure she would be like this was very questionable mm-hmm. but at the time it seems okay but yeah it does that's why there's like laws about teenagers <laughs> <laughs> because, yeah. because people finally figured out wait that seemed okay <laughs> but actually it wasn't and it <laughs> fucked me up really bad <laughs> I was 14 and I was having sex with a 25 year old. Oh my God. Like, that was not okay. I did not do that. I'm not talking. About no, 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 no. I, I'm just saying, you know, <laughs> like that's why we have uh, laws <laughs> about <laughs> and not having sex with teenagers. <laughs> it's true. I know. I mean, I just don't know why they had to make it this way. If their age difference wasn't so great and he wasn't her boss, the relationship would have been really nice. It, it wouldn't have sweet. to be that way. No. But I just don't understand why did they have to make it such a difference in the age? Like, why did he have to be 36 and she was 18? Why did he have to be her boss? Because it could have been so good without that. Mm-hmm. And why did they add those elements in there? Well, I think that a lot of it has to do with the 80s maximalism movie scenario is you throw as much conflict as possible against a wall and you see what sticks (laughs) (laughs) and i I feel like they're just like well it's not enough that he's twice her age (laughs) it's not enough that she doesn't have any education it's not enough that you know what i mean it's like it's not enough that the odds are stacked against her and it's not enough that she wears muddy (laughs) shoes to the dance hall Mm-hmm. he also has to be her boss like, yeah it's true that's what it seems like you're right Balls to the wall conflict <laughs> pass me that spoon mm-hmm. but as you're mentioning though like the 80s excess and all of that there really aren't any drugs or really any drinking or excess partying or anything yeah. like that in this movie so it's kind of rare in that regard like yeah. even the strip club there's some beer Mm-hmm. she smokes like at the end when she's really frustrated she smokes a few cigarettes and that's mm-hmm. about it oh you know what grossed me out whenever alex was smoking a cigarette and nick said you, are you even old enough to smoke mm-hmm. i was like ew okay this is the woman you're having sex with and you're asking her if she's old enough to smoke yeah so that sounds, yeah, that makes it like really drives the point home of the age difference and that she's really just a child and that she just turned old enough to buy cigarettes like that year. But it was during her tantrum of how she wasn't going to go to the audition because he got it for her. And so I think he was saying like, you're being a baby. And yeah. that's why he was making that point. But you're right. It just made it seem even grosser that he's pointing that out, but he is still having sex with her. I mean, it would have been, it would have, like, the point would have hit home okay if if she was, like, 25 and he had said that. Because then it would have, if she was, like, 25 and he had been, like, are you old, are you even old enough to smoke? It would be, like, you're being a baby right now. Yeah. But she's literally a baby mm-hmm. and barely old enough to smoke, so it, like, doesn't land. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it only lands as Nick being a fucking creep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whenever they're Nick and Alex are in the restaurant and she's eating her lobster sexy and then Nick's ex-wife comes over mm-hmm. 
and they have like a verbal cat fight, quote unquote. Yes. I say that because that's what the producers would call. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, here's another fantasy of two women fighting over you in a restaurant, in a fancy restaurant. I was just like, it's like completely unnecessary. See, again, just more added drama for no reason. Mm-hmm. Like it didn't add anything to the storyline except that it made Alex seemed kind of unhinged. As far as scenes I remember as a little kid, I actually, that scene of her putting her foot in Nick's groin at the restaurant really stuck with me. And I thought, I will not ever do that. Okay. I thought you might go the other direction with no. it. Of like, I'm going to do this as soon as I get a date. No. Okay. I don't think I've ever like played footsie with someone's crotch. Not that I remember. That was a big thing in the 80s. There's so much footsie going on. Yeah. Like under the table crotch stuff going on in the 80s. I don't know. I think that's like how people had affairs. Yeah. I definitely like when I first started going out on like actual dates where you went to dinner, I was definitely expecting more like feet action. <laughs> I wore a lot of skirts just so I could like make it accessible. But nothing ever happened. <laughs> it was so funny when they shot it like from above where you could see just her foot like going up into his crotch and from like an overhead view. I just laughed out loud. There's some really like inspiring powerful moments mm-hmm. in this movie and the steel town girl song yeah. like then i was like oh my god yeah did you do you know that that song was actually written for another movie that wasn't made called maniac are you kidding me that was a that was about a serial killer and they changed the lyrics you're joking. No, I'm not. I well, okay, I don't this know. On this podcast, how do you know so much? No, about no. This? this this is this was on a mental floss article I read. Oh, it was like it was floss. Yeah, it was like um you know like things you didn't know about flash dance or whatever. Yes. And uh cuz I was looking for a topic for the after show and I was like, "Oh, I'll read this." Okay. And, but I'm not I'm not gonna tell you what the lyrics used to be because okay. they were really disturbing. I bet. And had to do there was animal violence in the lyrics. Oh God. So I'm just not even yeah. gonna did I if you wanna know, look it up, but I'm warning you, there was I mean, it's not like super graphic, but it was enough to make me not wanna hear what the lyrics were. But I just thought that was interesting. <laughs> Like, was they like completely the changed the song. tune the same, and just yeah. the lyrics were different. Yeah, and not all the lyrics. Imagine a lot of the lyrics were just changed, like from he to she. Yeah, they're like, just talking about it can cut you like a knife. Yeah, exactly. And some yeah, other you, lines. I if, was like, this is kind of weird, like about burning stuff, and I don't know. Yeah. Now I can see it. Yeah. I think they just like changed it because I list I re-listened to it and I was like, oh yeah, I can totally see how they only changed like some of okay, the key I have to look it up. So it was he's a maniac. And there was like an okay. upbeat dance type song about a serial killer. What? 
Yeah. Is there a recorded version of it anywhere? I don't know. That would be amazing to hear. Oh my god. Oh my god. I love your like background trivia that you have. Oh, thank you. So Maybe I'll do it. that more. It's awesome. Um yeah. I guess we should wrap this up. Yeah. The one thing I wanted to say is that at some points in the movie, I was pretty convinced that Jennifer Beals was actually just Ralph Macchio in drag. (laughs) Take a look at some scenes and tell me if you can't see it. I totally get that. Yeah. It was blowing my mind. (laughs) (laughs) That was my main takeaway from rewatching it. So all those teamsters actually just had a hard on for the karate kid. <laughs> Is that what you're telling me? Yes. Oh. So I have a quote uh, from Richie that sums up the 80s for me. Nice. What is it? This place is so small. You have to go outside to change your mind. <laughs> That's yeah, my sums up the 80s. Like his whole routine was all like anti-polish jokes that was what? like huge in the 80s was Polak jokes yeah, do you remember right. that i do remember that so that's like politically incorrect to polish people but that was like a huge thing and that's basically the only jokes he told yeah i've seen that that's something that got started into. or what it's based on but yeah. it was definitely a thing i don't know what's our question i know have you ever dated your boss? Ooh. And did you That's want to? Yeah. Did you feel pressure to do it? How did you feel later? After the relationship was over? Or is it 20 years later and you're married? So, oh. I mean, like, you know, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> did you get a promotion or did you get fired? <laughs> Let us know. Tell us about it at coverizepodcast at gmail.com. Yes. We are going to do our after show now, which you can find on Patreon at patreon.com backslash cover your eyes. Okay. See you next Tuesday. (laughs) Bye. about you that I am getting flutters of romance like hives